and we're back for our first ever Astro Detectives debrief. This is just gives the Astro Detectives a little time to process the results that just happened. Now knowing the correct chart, what they were thinking, and um, kind of work through it. Because I know as soon as as soon as uh, Sarah gets through an episode, she always wants to talk to somebody else about it. And now <laughs> yeah. she actually has an astrologer to talk to about the result. Um, and she doesn't have to wait for the for the episode to be released before she can yeah. you know tell anybody. So I guess what are you guys feeling about it, or what in this case what led you in the wrong direction, and then you know how do you come to terms with the right chart? Go ahead and start because I feel like I was um, confidently wrong. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of differences in each chart. But when you actually start getting into it and the nuances, it is very challenging. And actually, I think just this just came to me. It is challenging to keep an unbiased perspective yeah. um, between every new facet of information that comes your way, allowing it to slide into the appropriate slot and saying, well, which chart is this more is this bit better? But after a little bit, you start building up a certain amount of bias towards one right. chart or the other. At least I did. I, I'm, yes. I won't speak for you, Sarah. But I think that is the most challenging part of this is keeping a more detached perspective, yeah. um, which to me is sort of... It's very different from when you're giving a reading and you are you have a singular chart in front of you, which you know is objective and true to that person, as long as they had the correct time and location, etc. Yeah. Um, which you can then... Just simply allow your mind to go into to explore with this it is you have the two paths and yeah i think for me it's going to be a matter of practicing look checking my bias essentially i totally agree with that and i think you said that so well i feel like you put into words kind of what i have been struggling with and feeling is even from sometimes when I get the survey, which I look at before we meet the guest, I develop a bias of, oh, I, this really fits well with this one particular chart. And um, then I then I think, when Scott, when you say making it fit, because now I have a bias, I'm trying to make it fit with the one I've picked out. I don't think the make it, I don't believe the make it fit thing when you just have the one chart and you're reading it for someone. But I, I do think when I, once I've attached myself to a chart, it is, I become a little, uh, like horse blinders. I do try to look back at the other one and I think it's just lining up with this one, you know, and, um, yep. I, I do think, um, Scott has been extremely, um, you know, uh, accommodating when it comes to all my requests about how to um, pull the charts. But I, I do notice it is really hard when the rising signs are one house off from each other. Um, you know, like in this case. Um, but yeah, it's just like we, we could, you know, and, and there, yeah, it definitely... You're, you know, she said, I'm very sensitive. Well, in one chart, we have um, someone who has a lot of significant water, which 
water planets are very sensitive, like the chart ruler, the moon, you know, I could see that sensitivity. And in the other one, we have this incredible fire stellium. However, the sun is conjunct the moon and the moon represents your emotions. And so people who have sun conjunct moon can be quite emotional, especially with Mars there in the mix. Um, so, yep, and Chiron squaring and, both of them. Right. Or Chiron right. squaring the moon. So it's kind of like, um, yeah. It, it, and, and also this is something we've run into a lot is people don't always have the most objective view about themselves. I mean, that's just natural. And so I'm constantly uh, taking in the information that they're giving about themselves and I'm evaluating whether that is an objective. That's why sometimes, and maybe I need to do this more often, I want to get the examples. Like I wanted her to talk about when she got angry, what made her angry, how she reacted, because then I'm getting an objective more objective story and then i can evaluate how she reacted you know yeah yeah and i i want to expand on like for example how i would process something with the two charts that we had you know when she was first starting she said that you know talking a little bit about her personality that she was more reserved me i was thinking okay virgo rising which is the philosopher chart and mercury being down in the fourth house which is um more of a like a hidden house, one that generally tends to stay out of the pu- public eye. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, great. That's lines up. But then, you know, we moved on to other stuff and we're talking about the emotions and the sensitivity and Scorpio moon can be a very intense uh, moon. One that has a lot of hidden emotions that are hard to express, which she right. mentioned, not to mention that it's squared uh, to Saturn, which is another layer of repression. Right. Um, and that's in, I should clarify, that's in the romantic chart. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, this direction here. And then I was trying to understand, well, you know, all these layers are building up and I'm seeing them towards chart A and there's some towards chart B. I'm leaning towards chart A. So I'm going back and in my mind, I'm trying to rectify, well, she was talking about her personality, you know, in the beginning. And that sounds a lot more Merc, you know, uh, sorry, Virgoan than a Libra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But looking at the chart ruler, it's in Pisces and it's in conjunct Jupiter in the first house. So I'm like, well, maybe that's somehow something I'm not super familiar with. It could express itself as a little bit more shyness. Mm -hmm. Um, So these are the the many layers in which I think in some way, the the image comes that comes to my mind is putting uh, stuffing the genie back in the bottle, so to speak. Yes. Yeah. That's a good way to say it. Yeah. it really is so different than giving a reading. And I think going walking away tonight, I'm definitely taking the lesson of if I'm going to do this again, figuring out a good way to keep myself simultaneously discerning, but open to the possibilities for both charts all the way through. And that's hard. That's, that's, I would say finding yourself in this position, it's very against like a human nature of wanting to classify of wanting to um, label and it's so seducing to want to like pin it down, but it's critical in this situation to be open. Right. And I I feel like astrology in general is that desire to pin it down, to put a label and say like, this is my sign. This is my moon. This is what 
precisely describes me. I fall into this category um, with these other people who also have the, this similar placement. Right. And, Absolutely. And it's also interesting how there are a lot of different roads to get to some of those same personality traits um, that you guys were talking about. Like, oh, where did the shyness come from? this planet being over here or does her shyness come? Oh, wait, where you guys were talking about shy, like she was shy, but she obviously wasn't, but you know, where is this personality trait coming from this or from this? And you can kind of see it in both charts. Yes. And another area I just want to add on to this, cause I think it's fascinating. Um, she talks about how she has such a passion for deep research and also, you know, her personal passions and exploration and learning. Okay. So someone coming you know, as someone coming in with a Scorpio moon, that could be a very big part of it. Right. And, you know, that natural tendency to really dig into something, to want to uncover. But her correct chart, or her true chart in this case, has Jupiter and Pluto in Scorpio. So that's also digging in the research. third house, which in the, the third, third house, yes, which she, the third house has to do with the mind. So it's like, yeah, it's uh, either one of these could be a research oriented person, and um, you know, I I don't feel like this is too dissimilar from say you know, we were doing a Myers-Briggs experiment, and we had like an ENFJ and an INFJ, and we're assessing their life story and personality and trying to pick out which one they are. And, you know, it's just like, there's going to be overlap. Um, and I always feel like, um, when there is a lot of overlap, it's like, I feel like, Oh gosh, I wish I could just spend, you know, a week or two with this person <laughs> to get to the bottom of this, you know, but, yeah. um, absolutely. And I, you know, for, for me, I feel like there's a lot of overlap by design. Like that's why both charts can look similar to this person. And I do wonder if you were to sit down with her and have a reading with the other chart, do you feel like she would get a good reading, like an accurate reading that fits her and she can find very useful? That's a good question. Um, I think it really would vary depending on the person, you know, considering that she's open to astrology or well, she's more than open. She practices astrology. She'd be more inclined to find the similarities that resonate with, uh, you know, whatever chart, whether it's correct or incorrect to a certain degree. I think these two charts have a lot more similarities than they would appear on the surface. Um, after having going through that whole experience, it's it's a little bit surprising. Um, well, uh, it, initially, yeah, I won't oh, go, ahead. go ahead, Sarah. Um, I was going to say, I mean, if somebody came to me and I had this other chart and I was reading it to her, you know, I would have told her, oh, okay, like career-wise, you're really meant to do something um, where you're really providing compassion and caretaking and nurturing and empathy to people and you're probably you know one thing we didn't ask is if she was like a workaholic or you know something like that um i sort of tried to get towards that with yeah. asking like how big work was within her life yeah and now that i consider it like her chart does line up more because she's like if i didn't have to i wouldn't and that's like the south node in the 10th house oh right right type thing 
Yeah. And, you know, but she was, a lot of the things that she was interested in career-wise were um, podcasting and writing, which does really mesh well with her chart because she's got these air signs taking up her work and career and money houses. And so that part I did feel like fit better with her. Um, But, uh, you know, I, I could... I wouldn't have agreed with David if I didn't like see what he was saying. So I, I did feel like you could make a case for both of these charts. I don't feel like th- that happens every time. Um, I'm disappointed that our last episode with Wes um, ended up being botched because I felt like, oh, finally, I have two charts that are so different from each other. I feel like I could, and even in the first like before he even blurted out his sign, I was like, Oh, he's definitely that one. And I was right. You know, and I was so looking forward to having a victory (laughs) then. But I would say, yeah, the more differences that, um, end up, end up in the charts, I would say the more confident I end up being. And, And if I look back at the ones I got right, I felt like those were very different charts from each other but that's just my take on it (laughs) as the person picking the dates i am curious about you know the usefulness in astrology if one can't just pick a random date and as opposed to specifically try and pick a birth date that is going to have different like everything needs to be different and not even in the same season i think you should be able to and i think these two in retrospect, I mean, they certainly are discernible. They have a lot of overlap, but I believe this is doable um, with what you have currently. It's just challenging. That's it. Um, And it comes from a different perspective than how astrologers normally operate. And so the biggest part is unconditioning the mind. And and getting to the most penetrating questions. I mean, when you follow your own chart or a chart over a year or years, you then start to see the transits line up and at very precise moments. And that is, I feel like what ends up convincing astrologers that, you know, like understanding that astrology is real, but it's really hard to um, get all that information and go through all of that in just like, you know, and then trying to make it, stuff it into a one hour interview. And so I'm constantly trying to revise my game plan to figure out how I can make this more efficient, get to the heart of the matter, make the distinctions. And yeah, that's, it's very challenging. So. Well, and you mentioned uh, transits, which is interesting because that's what we did add to the, to the survey is some specific dates of some events. And so I'm curious if you guys, either of you, found looking at transits for the exact date that Lauren was engaged and the exact date that she was married, like two very important like moments in a person's life and the exact date that she lost her grandfather, who was like a father. Um, you know, when you say that, well, we follow the transits and these like really points precisely, um, was there like one of these charts had something going on on those dates and one didn't? Um, I honestly would have to look back at it myself. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, again, part of the problem being the 
rising being so close together, but, um, and all of the family stuff. Um, yeah, I was wondering about, yeah, sorry. I wasn't prepared to like give our, our answers on that because I, I didn't have those notes in front of me, but <laughs> that's fine. I was just, I was just curious yeah. if you guys like how much you'd paid attention to those dates, because when we do get oh, those dates point. and I just have a general idea of transits. And when you guys mentioned like, yeah. Oh, when I check my chart and follow it over the years, you can see things happen on precise dates. Yes. So when we have some of those dates, I'm curious, like I, someone who doesn't understand astrology would assume the day you get married has got a big whopping, like, something going on or the day you get engaged you know, yeah. or some of those other big dates, there's gotta be something that jumps off the page. Yeah. I think that I, the one thing I do remember is she had the ruler of the seventh house transiting her seventh house of marriage. So, I mean, that's definitely, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll try to incorporate that more, um, as we go forward. Or only what's useful. I'm not yeah. trying to encourage it, but just yeah. the mentioning of dates makes me think of the, yeah. the information that we yes. have. I, yeah, I think that's good to go with. All right. Any other uh, notes on the uh, on the episode? You guys have fun. Oh, Always. I had a great time. Good, good, good. Of course, yep. I did. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> My big shit eating grin over here. Yep. Uh, <laughs> But then Sarah gets the same one half the time. So it's like, it goes back and forth. I get, she gets, the, you get a, You can get a big satisfied grin. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like I, well, here's one thing I need to work on is, um, feeling like I have, um, put, putting like too much burden on my own shoulders. I need to let go of that because I feel like, um, when I get it wrong, I feel like I'm letting people down. I feel like I'm letting astrology down, you know, and like, I just need to like not do that to myself. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. And I can totally understand that now being on here. It's, uh, <laughs> that's why I said earlier, I have a lot of respect for you. Yeah. Um, well, I have a lot of respect. Out, uh-huh. Coming out and doing this like every week, every two weeks. Um, yeah. it's, you know, it, it, there can seem that when it's like, this is all on the line, you know, this, this is uh proving or debunking astrology, but, you know, I think in this context, we have to take a step back and recognize, and this is not to put Sarah or myself down. We have been doing this, you know, for a year, year and a half. And mm-hmm. so there is so much to learn. And I think that's a part of this process. Astrology has been around for many thousands of years it if we look at it as a you know course of natural evolution there's something in it that says it would not continue propagating if there wasn't an effectiveness to it because our perspective comes from like the whole pop astrology it shows up in newspapers it shows up you know like oh what's your sun sign but there's been many serious thinkers stretching back to the the greek and free greek times um mesopotamia who look towards the skies to understand, you know, their lives and the lives of people and empires on earth. So all I'm getting at is we are, but two humans, not not to say that we can't improve or we shouldn't be able to do right. But I think there's a a needed perspective on this. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's well put. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, any closing cur- thoughts? <laughs> any, uh, what percentage, David, do you think over the course of this experiment, astrology would be proving itself? Of the so distinguishing between I, the birth chart. Obviously, 50-50 is what a skeptic would expect. Yes. Just randomly selecting. Yep. Um, again, because I think that this is very doable. Um, but it, it takes a little bit of reconditioning of the normal approach that an astrologer would have and a, a different type of training. Um, even though we're still speaking the same language, it's coming from an opposite direction. I, I will point back to the whole putting the genie back in the bottle instead of taking it out type thing. Um, so to answer your question directly, I would say it should be greater than average. Um, I would, I, I would like to see myself get to 80, 85, 90% yeah. ultimately. Um, and that's just based on when you have charts that are quite similar or missing some nuances, like those might be the cases in which it fails. But beyond that, like, I think it should be quite evident. All right. Um, any closing thoughts before we leave this audience to, uh, await our next episode and our next guest. (laughs) This is a lot of fun. (laughs) Astrology rules. (laughs) That's my closing (laughs) thought. Uh, All right, everybody. Well, tune in on Tuesday. There will be another episode coming out and you guys can all play again at home. Astrodetectivespod.com has the the charts or should have the charts when you start listening to the next episode. And um, I don't know, until next week, (laughs) this little debrief discussion is closed. (laughs) 